0: Where to even begin with Jasmine Sawyers? She's reached the battle stages of The Voice, has a law degree from Bristol, and a silver Olympic medal from the bobsleigh of the 2012 Winter Youth Olympics. Oh, and she's a world-class long jumper. Formerly a heptathlete, Jazz turned her full attention to the long jump in 2012 and has enjoyed enormous success ever since. Commonwealth silver in 2014, a European gong of the same colour in 2016, the same year she reached the Olympic final in Rio. She's a host of Bucks, British and International Age Group medals already at just 23 and manages to balance all of the above with being one of our most recognisable, personable athletes. I frequently describe these interviews as chats, but this one really was that a conversation I thoroughly enjoyed with an immensely talented athlete and hope you do too
1: I
2: think the explosive side of things is what's enabled me to do everything so um, I started in gymnastics um, which is one theory that some of the physios and doctors have had as to why I'm so small is that I've got I've, uh, ground down some of the pits in my back and so I was meant to be a bit taller. But even if it did stop me being regular height, it definitely gave me that explosive power. Um, I love the tumbling. I used to love the vault. And so I think I developed the explosive power at a really young age. I did gymnastics from about three through to nine or ten. Wow. Um, so... I think it makes sense that my explosive power came from then.
0: Probably the most unusual and exciting place that Being So Explosive has taken you is the inaugural Youth Winter Olympics back in 2012. We opened up questions to our listeners and Hilary Evans was really keen to know whether or not you'd ever go back to bobsledding. What do you think?
2: I have every intention of going back to bobsleigh. Um I miss it. Honestly, there's nothing like being in that sled and sort of rushing down at those, those speeds. Long jump, I love, and I love the crowd element of it and being in a stadium, but doing bobsleigh,
0: I don't think you can beat it. So I absolutely intend to go back. Really wasn't expecting such a definitive answer on that. So is it the <laughs> adrenaline side of it that appeals to you or the personnel, the training? What exactly is it that you loved so much? The adrenaline's a big part of it, but also I think
2: having spent so many years in an individual sport, even if it is just a team of two, it's so nice to be a part of a team um and to be able to use the same skills that I've been honing for years on the track, you know, it's speed and power, ultimately. Mm. Um as as a brake woman, rather than driving, it means that all these years I've spent developing speed and power can
0: be put to good use on the ice. Was it intimidating at all the speed at which you went, or did you really eat that up? Oh it's terrifying.
2: <laughs> Absolutely terrifying. And I expected it to get less scary as I did it more and it just didn't. But I think that's part of the fun in that every time I stood at the top of the track getting ready to push I was scared but I think that's what made me want to
0: keep going back. I think obviously Cool Runnings is the great outsider story of the (laughs) bobsled discipline but to win silver as a great British team when historically we don't do that well at the Winter Olympics was that a surprise? I don't know if it was a surprise
2: but we were definitely we were so excited we knew that we were up and around there somewhere. We were always hoping we'd come within the top four and a medal was always the goal. Um, We went into it, you know, aiming to win as kind of we did for everything. Um, The Dutch team were pretty dominant. You know, I don't think we'd beat them all season. Um, But between the other Dutch team and the other British team, it could have really been any of the three of us to get the next spot. Um, So we we were over the moon and a lot of those girls are still competing. You know, Misha McNeil, who was my pilot and we were on a team together at the youth olympics is now training and competing in the lead up to this
0: senior winter olympics do you think you'd be able to get her back as your partner in the future or has she now kind of committed to a different pairing well see there's never a um you never commit to a complete pairing
2: they basically put the fastest person on the back of the driver oh, really yeah so if i can if i can beat whoever
0: is her brake woman at the time i go back Um, then I'll get on the sled. You talk about being in a team as something that you really love and the first time we met was at the Manchester International when you'd been last minute shoehorned into that relay and you looked like you'd had such a good time out there and obviously come away with a gong, which is lovely. A lot of people responding to my request for questions wanted to know about sprinting ambitions for you and I have no doubt that you would just love being in a relay team particularly as you seem to be quite close to some of the GB relay girls has that featured in your long-term plans for the future it has it really has now the thing
2: is with the GB relay team is I know how hard it would be to get onto it Mm -hmm. um we've got really really strong sprinters and the team we have at the moment works so well together that there's just nobody else really has a look in that's how it seems but I'm now with an absolutely world-class sprinting group. So if I can get faster, I mean, if you could head on Power 10 and look at my sprint PBs, then they're absolutely nothing to, I was going to say nothing to shout about, but they're nothing to even whisper about. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're tragic. But, you know, I'm I'm with, I'm training with, you know, the current world 100 meter champion. She, you know, I'm I'm running next to her in training. So that makes me think, well, I've got to get faster. And if I can long jump, maybe I can sprint. I would love, love to be on
0: relay teams. I can see you absolutely yeah, relishing in that and I keep seeing in your training there's definitely been an increase in the amount of sprinting you're doing and I suppose there's so much that is transferable from long jump to sprint training it is about explosiveness it's about holding that tension in your muscles and everything's really compatible and as I just mentioned I was chatting to T. Bartoletta and she's someone who definitely makes the long jump 100 meter double work do you think like her you'd probably be a lead off leg? I think it would make the most sense in that I would
2: hope and think I would have the explosive power from the beginning but you you don't really know until I start doing more running and especially competitively. I don't think I'll understand what kind of a runner, runner I am because this is the first time I've really learned to run technically. How's that been? Difficult. This has been difficult. Oh, um I keep getting told I run like a jumper, which feels <laughs> like an insult but it's just the truth. <laughs> um when I first started athletics it was you run like a gymnast. So really um, what point yeah, now I, I run days. like a jumper. And it's, it's frustrating because I see it because I'm in such a high class group. Everybody else already knows how to run. And so I expect myself to be able to do it so quickly mm. and I can't. Um, it's taking time.
0: So this season, might we see you dabbling in a couple of relays, you know, using getting a bit of race fitness when it comes to sprinting?
2: Yeah, I'm hoping I'll be racing, it, but I'm not sure any relay teams will take me this year. <laughs> but I'm hoping I'll do some some racing over the the hundred flat. Um But I think it'll be more in a few years' time that I'll actually start to improve because I think this is very much a year for learning um, and then transferring
0: that onto the runway. If I remember correctly, I looked up, I've had the standard power of 10, the obligatory power of 10 pre-interview stalk, (laughs) and you set your current 100-metre PB, I think it was at Bucks or something, you went to the semi-finals and just obliterated your own personal best, and... uh, box you know there's really good competition but it's nothing like the events that I'm sure your name would be able to allow you access to so I've no doubt that this year with some sprint training behind you you could really make progress there what about 60 meters because that would probably suit your background
2: yeah 60 I think would suit me better I'd like to do some 60s but I'm not sure when the opportunity will be there because we're because the commonwealth is so soon after the indoor season everything's pretty much geared towards staying on jumping so i'm not sure if i'll get the chance to sprint but trust me if i can if i can wheeze my way into a competition and um lance will let me i will be on the start line and racing's so much fun you know long jump's great and i love that we get to spend time out there and and spend time with the crowd and things but racing right actually against other people is a totally different experience and I, i miss it
0: you're someone who clearly handles pressure pretty well i mean you're able to sing in front of an audience of thousands been to some of the biggest long jump competitions there are so do you think a start gun and that sort of pressure upon you know 12 seconds of effort is something you'd really relish
2: yeah i think i i do think that's the conditions under which i sort of thrive the best um is when there's a lot of pressure on and everything needs to happen right there and then like you said with the singing it's kind of it's all or nothing right in that moment and long jump's a little bit different because you get all the attempts. Um, but I I quite like the idea of just having one shot and the gun going off and and reacting in that moment. Um,
0: You know, the more I talk about it, the more I realise it does appeal to me. So if you do some sprinting this year, and that goes really well, and the long jump continues to come on in, if you'll pardon the pun, leaps and bounds, we know that you used to be a pretty decent high jumper, Um, I know you and Katrina have gone head to head a few times in that back when you were juniors. There are all the ingredients for you to return to multi-eventing and people have been wondering about that. Uh, I mean, there are some of
2: the ingredients, but then we start to look at my throws. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I know in the heptathlon, we've had some issues with throws in general over the past however many years. But I mean, it would be a whole new monster with me. Um, I really, really, really can't throw. I mean, my best bet would be indoor combined events, but we still have to look at the 800, which is still tragic. Um, and horrible to train for. So, I mean, I I would love to. Honestly, I would love to go back to combined events. And for a few years, I, you know, I think it was 2014, 15, 16, or 13, 14, 15, I entered the indoor combined events national champs and pulled out at the last minute because I got nervous. Oh. <laughs> I, it's weird going from bringing all these spikes to competitions to just having one pair and just doing one event. Um, you know, some of my family sometimes still ask me, oh, which, which event are you doing this time? And I say, it's just long jump these days. <laughs> just just the one. Because <laughs> they were used to me as a kid doing so much. And it's fun. You know, combined events is fun. You, It's over a couple of days and something goes badly. Okay, well, I can figure that out. Something goes well and you go into the next event on a high. It's It's a story, whereas single events... They just happen and they're over. I don't think I'll ever lose my love for combined events, but I can't see me going back.
0: So it's a probably closed door, but perhaps not one that you've padlocked shut. Would that be accurate, or do you think it really is? Yeah, I think that's... I think
2: one thing I'd probably do is I'd love to try a decathlon.
0: Oh, wow. Just, you know, the fun
2: decathlons they have. How
0: do you think you'd do it in a pole vault?
2: Well, I think I'd be all right with the gymnastic background. Yeah. Um... And it just looks so fun. I've tried it
0: a little bit when I was younger and I loved it. I think multi-events are just, you're right, terrific fun. And the more you have, the more you can allow for one event to ha- perhaps be weak if you can make up for it. And obviously with what you're capable of in sprinting and j- your jumps, you'd probably be able to balance out pretty well. But it's then when you go to the elite level that everything really has to be outstanding.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, is that by the time you get to elite, everyone's good at everything and then they're exceptional at a few. Mm. Um you can't really afford to be weak at any. And the standard of our combined eventing in this country... It's astonishing. Exactly, it's amazing. Um, so I couldn't afford to be weak at anything, and I'm, I think, unfortunately, I would be. <laughs> I don't
1: want to know about your girl Cos if it was meant to be You wouldn't be sending me pics of you And I'm positive she don't want to know... Well, we've spoken about now
0: for about ten minutes, and you've told me that you want to go back to the bobsleigh. You'd be interested in having her at some combined events. There's looking at sprinting, there's looking at jumping... Um, and I think this is kind of the perfect time to now talk about focus because, as I mentioned right at the top of our chat, you are someone with a lot of strings to your bow. Do you feel sometimes you're being, as an athlete, as a person, pulled in different directions by your hugely varied interests?
2: I think for a while it felt like that. Um, especially when I was doing my degree, I was trying to push some music stuff and I was competing. Um, But I think over the past couple of years I've really started to understand that yes you can have other interests and actually it's really good for me to have other interests but I need to always have one thing as a priority Um, and that is the long jump and that's that's not going to change until I get what I want in it and that's gold medals.
0: And has that been a gradual realisation or was there one moment, perhaps one bad competition where you thought no I need to focus now?
2: I think it has been gradual because it's also because the whole time I question, you know, should I be doing this many things? But it's been a learning process. I've, I've understood very much that I'm the kind of person that does need to be doing other things. That I can't, you know, go to training all morning and come home and think about training. It's for some people, I think that that works. But I, I need the sep- the separateness uh, in my life. Um, but that said, I think over the course of the past couple of years, it has been a gradual okay, you have to learn to say no more to certain things.
0: Once you're in a competition, having seen some of the faces that you pull, and we're going to come onto your faces in a bit, Jazz, (laughs) um, it seems pretty apparent that focus isn't an issue. So perhaps when you're balancing training with all of your other interests, there's a lot going on, but once it's jumping time, all the white noise vanishes and that's all it's about. Do you find that the case?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been the case since I was very young. You know, my, people used to, when my mum was watching me sort of at Young Athlete Leagues, which I think are now the YDL, um, they used to comment, oh, she's just sort of prancing around and chatting to everybody. Isn't she focused? And she'll say, wait till she stands and she's ready to jump, then then you'll see. And it it is a part of it for me. It's, I need to be able to be relaxed outside of that one moment where I'm supremely focused. You know, we're out there for sort of an hour, hour and a half sometimes. If I was on in terms of focus that whole time, I think I'd be exhausted by the time I came to jump. So the focus is absolutely there when it needs to be. Um, But I've gotten to the point where I understand myself enough that I trust
0: that I need to relax in between. So you're chatting to everybody at the competition and I think that the jump seems to be a really particularly lovely area of athletics when it comes to kind of the sisterhoods that you see there does seem to be real closeness, real genuine closeness between yourself and some of the other competitors. What are your cohort of current international long jumpers like?
2: You know what everybody's lovely, and I tell people so often that I think long jump is the nicest event and i don't know if some people will see that as a good thing you know my my dad's always telling me that I shouldn't be so friendly with my competitors I shouldn't be clapping for them, but to me, these girls they're my competitors, but they're my friends um and you will see everybody supporting each other. All you need to do is go under an Instagram photo of one of us jumping and there'll be comments from a bunch of the others saying, oh, you look great or you did really well. Or if it was a bad day, they'll say, you know, you'll be back next time. There's a, there's a lot of support and there's so much respect for each other that we all know what it takes to be at this level. We all know how much pressure there is that we don't need to be then piling
0: that onto each other. You know, we're all in the same boat. We're aiming for the same thing. Um, and we have that respect. Can that be translated across to British athletics? You're surrounded by these amazing female athletes. And I think we're at a really special time in British track and field. Are you able to, with the vast majority of people, I know there are always exceptions, but feel that they are your friends, your competition and your inspirations? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think it really has gone from just the the, the latter, just from being my inspiration to then becoming my competitors when I finally made the jump and and started to compete with them, and then as we've spent time competing together, yeah, friends, and it's really nice to be all three of those things, um, and to have these girls alongside me inspiring me as I as I'm jumping. You know, when you when I saw, Shara break the British record initially in London in 2015 for the anniversary games, and then again at the World Championships. You know, it was very, I was excited for her and I was excited for British Long Jump because then it's okay, now we have a new target.
0: And if Shara can do it and I'm alongside Shara competing, then that's what I want to do. You talk about people inspiring you. With greater exposure comes a pressure to inspire others, <clears throat> others yourself. And personally, as someone looking on from the sidelines, I think you do that really wonderfully a couple of your posts have really resonated with me and i've talked about them on the pod before you're really outspoken when it comes to body positivity which sport desperately needs when you pulled out of your meet in boston last season you were incredibly honest and transparent about the fact that it was debilitating period pains that was the reason behind it your honesty i think makes you a real inspiration to young athletes and do you feel pressurized to do that or does it just come very naturally I don't feel like it's pressure, but
2: I do think there is a responsibility on us to do that um, and to be as authentic as possible, because in in the world that we're in now in sport, yes, we're sports people, but because of social media, people have access to sports people in a way that they haven't in the past. And I think it's important for us to portray the, real, the reality of what we're doing and to show who we are as people. And the fact that everybody gets such an intimate look into our lives, I want young girls and you know all young athletes to have a a genuine representation of what it's like um and so I'm not going to say things that aren't true I really want to put out who I am and I know that when I was sort of 10 11 and I was looking at athletes on the tv you didn't get such a personal insight into people's lives you didn't get to know what they were doing and sort of how they became the athletes that they are and I think the fact that we have the opportunity to show that to young up-and-coming athletes means that we should obviously not everything but I really like being able to chat to young athletes and say, look, this is the reality of it. And when they reach
0: out, I always want to reach out back because I know that it would have made such a big difference to me when I was their age. God, absolutely. And I'm sure that anyone who receives a reply from you or gets a like. And that's the currency of being a young person these days are those interactions on social media. And you know that that will really have a bearing on how they view their sport and their progress and their self-esteem. And- I
2: hope so. And I think what's also important is that you're like you said, honest, sometimes someone will reach out to me with a question that I just don't know the answer to. And you have to be honest with them and say, look, I I don't know. I can't help you with this one. I'm not, I don't want to stand there and pretend to be all knowing or to pretend that I'm not done learning because I'm very much still in the early stages of my career. And, I have a lot to learn which I'm (laughs) discovering being in
0: the current training group that I am completely and I've seen you posting recently quite a lot of upper body workouts and saying okay it's all very well to talk about what I'm good at and what I enjoy in training but here's something that I find really tough um how are the pull-ups coming along the pull-ups are improving I um
2: the next video will be up soon, and I'd, I'd like to think it's gotten a bit better, um, but it's, it's slow progress, you know. Things don't, as I'm learning, begrudgingly, things don't
0: happen overnight. <laughs> I've written a little list of, it's titled, Things Jazz Likes and Things Jazz Doesn't. So I've got all-in-ones, good. Manicures, good. Pin badges, great. And then I've got bad, protein oats, and upper body workouts. Would That's you say a I've a very accurate much? List. Is, does that just pretty much sum you up? That's it. Yeah, you've nailed it. Excellent. Okay, we'll just can the interview there then. Um, cool. <laughs> so you can hit the stop button on. Your, no, those are the things that struck me. And yeah, after body workouts, tough, but something that you're working on. What's your favourite training session and your least favourite part of training?
2: Oh, my favourite favourite is jumping. Whenever so the f- the first seven weeks, I didn't touch the sandpit. Um. Mm. And I'd sort of forgotten I was actually a long jumper here to long jump. And I was just running and running. And at the back of the group, might I add, running behind everyone. That's tough. All I'm doing is closing the gap. I'm by no means actually catching anybody. (laughs) I'm at the back of a a very strong group of sprinters. Um, So jumping is my favourite thing to do, for sure. Um, I I was going to say that my least favourite are the longer Running workouts, but they're not because I'm actually learning so much, and, I'm, and those are the things that I'm seeing the most improvement with because I'm the worst at them. Um, oh, yeah, you know what? Upper body is my least favorite because it hurts. It's a different kind of pain to leg workouts. Mm, um, upper you. body, I feel like with the legs, it hurts, but you can keep going. But you get to a point with upper body where it's it's as if one rep you're struggling but fine the next rep your arms can't move yep completely <laughs> and then you're suddenly
0: holding a bar above your face and it's do or die yep it's a few inches above and you go look there's no way it's going to move so mm-hmm. <laughs> and regardless of how genuinely tired and scared you are whoever's spotting you will just make you do that rep
2: yeah and you think no no no, you don't understand my arms
0: yeah <laughs> that's it we're, we're done exactly this could be the last thing i ever do why aren't you helping me One of my favourite interviews I've ever done for this pod was with Isabel Pooley, and she told me, and genuinely I felt really emotional after hearing this, she told me what it felt to jump for the first time after months and months of stress fractures. Obviously, after seven weeks of not jumping, it's not quite the same, but can you tell me what it's like to leap for the first time after months of gym work and track work? Oh, it felt like flying,
2: honestly. After just slogging it up on the grass and in the gym and you're working and pushing and everything's a huge effort it just felt so free to finally take off through the air again but I can't imagine after years of not physically not being able to Mm. what it must have been like to jump again I mean euphoric I can imagine
0: I think she used the expression it felt like flying as well which I'd love to imagine but I think my long jump personal best remains three meters 80 so <laughs> I didn't really fly so much as took a slightly bigger step than usual you massively changed up your training routine recently you were in the states when we first discussed having this chat for the pod how are you finding it being over there I'm
2: enjoying it I'm really enjoying the training um it's different the being in America is way more different than I expected. To being at home, everything's unnecessarily big. Um, <laughs> I mean, down to silly things like mouthwash. Why can't I buy a normal-sized mouthwash? Why? How big is mouthwash? Why in do the I need like a liter and a half of mouthwash at the time? I don't. No. Oh, honestly. I mean, that's not really affecting my training, so I mean that's slightly <laughs> off topic. But I
0: mean, that is ridiculous. I... Though you'd have to leave it in storage over that's Christmas with you for when you come back. You'll never finish that. Exactly.
2: You, i do need, I do miss home more than I expected mm. um, and it took me a little bit of time to adjust to the area and to make friends and to kind of find like a social life and not you know some people might look and go well you're a professional athlete you don't need to have or you shouldn 't have a social life you should be focusing um, but you can 't be on athletics twenty four seven you just you can 't um you 're going mad, especially in a new place. Mm.
0: also had a couple of high profile coaches over the years coach tony who's practically a national treasure these days coach kelly um so for so bad on twitter was wondering what drew you to kelly i can see numerous reasons why you'd want to work with her but i'd love to hear them from yourself so i initially worked with
2: kelly um at the 2015 european under 23 champs where she was the jumps um coach for the trip and it just worked really well i got a pb on that trip we really got on um and the uh, you know everything went well so when alan after coaching me through a sixth form and then coaching me through to rio um decided to take a step back he actually suggested i go with kelly okay um and so i i basically emailed her out of the blue and said look would you consider coaching me we met up chatted it through and decided to go for it um And, you know, Kelly's a relatively new coach and we knew that going in and we knew that there'd be challenges. Um, But after last year, it ended up turning out that I really wanted a training group to work with um, and it just wasn't 100% a good fit. And I felt that I wanted to make sure that what I was doing was going to be a good fit for me. I knew that I needed to improve my speed and so I wanted to go to a a sprint specialist. Um, And with Lance's group being an Adidas group, I just thought this makes sense there's you know what better place to get fast than a place that has the current world champion in yeah, 100 meters uh, and of course tori's done so much long jumping that you know that's really somebody that i can look up to and say and, and get advice from you know it's been great training with us so i think it's so i mean obviously we don't know i haven't jumped yet but i feel like it's been a great move
0: if you don't mind now we're talking about new beginnings i wanted to touch upon last year um, yeah, of you popped up an Instagram, um, captioned and repeating your own words back to you here. I'm having easily the hardest season of my life. I'm consistently finishing in the bottom two of competitions and jumping distances. I was jumping as a teenager. I've worked hard all winter and I'm still working hard now, but it's just not happening yet. You then go on to say that you know that it's going to be difficult, but it's going to be worth it. And that if it were easy, everyone would do it. And you really believe you're going to get there. Can you tell me what your headspace was when you were popping that post up to your fans
2: so there was another moment where I thought right I really want to be honest and open here with people because people talk about how Instagram as a highlights reel and it really can be that mm. In that when things don't go well suddenly people go quiet you know you don't see that much from athletes when things haven't gone well we'll post loads in, in the build-up to a competition if it doesn't go great suddenly it's silent and, you know, I know as a fan of other other sports that that's so frustrating and I, I feel invested, especially when I watch people's stories and I feel like I know them. <laughs> yeah, I feel so invested that I want to know what's going on all the time, whether it's good or bad. Um, and so I felt like, look, this, that was how I was feeling. It was it was really difficult, to be honest, when I'd just come off the best season of my life um, to then come out and just be doing terribly. But I thought, OK, well, these people have invested time in following me. And a lot of people invested money coming to see me. I want to be honest with them and tell them what's going on right now. When
0: a season is going wayward as that one was, and you said you were training really well, so were things feeling great at the week and then come the weekend, just as soon as it was time to jump, it was unravelling?
2: Yeah, honestly, that was it. And In training, it would be great. And it just didn't happen in competition. Either I wouldn't hit the board or I'd be flat. Something just wasn't quite right when it came to competition. And to be honest, sometimes that's just the way it is, is, is that... It's just not clicking yet.
0: And it can can be so frustrating, but you kind of accept that that's part of being an athlete. When is the moment you realise that it's not going well? Is it the first step you take? Is it when you hit the board? Is it when you're in midair and you're realising that you're just not going as far as you expected to? It can be any of those times. I mean, what you try and do is...
2: Even if you feel it on the first step, you go, "Okay, well, the first step was bad, but the next step's going to be good. Mm-hmm. If you feel it just before takeoff, you go, "This isn't great, but takeoff's going to be good." And then even when you land, you go, "Okay, that jump wasn't great, but the next one will be good." You have to pick yourself up after every single jump and go, "Okay, that wasn't right. What was wrong about it? Let me fix it." But sometimes you just you can't fix it, and everything's not quite there. And I think I'd go through a competition and I'd have renewed optimism at every single jump, but it still just wasn't right.
0: And what is it that keeps you positive when it is months of frustration like that?
2: The Remembering the good times. So remembering being on a podium at the Commonwealth or at the Europeans. Those are the things that keep me going, and going. Okay, well, you want those feelings again. You don't want to finish up feeling like this. And you want to feel like this as little as possible for the rest of your career. So you have
0: to work harder. You have to keep going. I think that sounds like a really healthy way to keep yourself motivated and focused. You were a torch carrier in 2012. Yes. Then you reached the final in 2016. That's a pretty good progression from being not even involved <laughs> on the track to then making a final in your first Olympic appearance. If we bounce on another four years, where do you want to be come Tokyo?
2: Oh, I want to win.
0: Good for you for saying that. I love that.
2: <laughs> I want to win. I, mean, I So I actually went out to Beijing to watch in 2008. My mum, uh, grandma and auntie took me out um, and we went to watch in, in the bird's nest when I was 14. I bet that was amazing. Oh, that was unbelievable. And, and there was a, a guy who was running a, a website, an English guy who was running a website in China. Um, and he wanted to do an interview about how I wanted to be an athlete and how I'd started off doing athletics at that point. And I, you know, I hadn't had my first international then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then come four years on and I was there, I'd, I was the torch carrier and I'd just come back from the World Junior Champs with a medal. And then four years, I'm you know I'm down on the track. And... To me, it kind of the whole point of this is to win Olympic golds. That's really what I want. That's what I've always wanted. Um, And yeah, long jumping, women's long jump in the world right now is is great, and there's an insane amount of competition. But I, when I look at other people doing it, I say, well, other people can do it, so I can. I just haven't got the formula quite right yet. And I, I really think I can get there. It's you know, it's it's so difficult. And when it comes down to it, a lot of people look and go, all you do is run and jump. (laughs) <laughs> Which yeah, they're not wrong. Um but the process to get to the point where you can run and jump faster and further than everybody
0: else is is insanely hard, but it it really is what I want. How long is it from the moment of your the first step of your run up to the moment you hit the sand? Do you know? Um in metres. In seconds. Oh in seconds, gosh, I don't know. Which I reckon maybe seven or eight. Yeah, it's thirty four meters
2: ninety. My run-up is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then
0: add about 6.75 to the end of that.
2: Yeah, how long am I in the air? Gosh, I don't know. It's, it's a strange one because you... I don't always... Sometimes someone will say, uh, how was that? I'm okay, not sure. Don't remember it.
0: <laughs> of course, it must be a blur. But then, so sort of what I was getting at with that is like you said, people say, oh, you're just running and jumping. And sure, on paper, you're probably spending some of the least time in competition of any of the athletes. Yeah. But that doesn't matter that's just the tip of the iceberg it is the years of hard work it is the bad seasons it's the transitional seasons between being a junior and being a senior and I'd like to talk about that in a bit and it's everything else that goes on behind the scenes and then sure if that works out and you hit the board perfectly and you fly over seven meters and win Olympic gold terrific but that's only the culmination of your entire life's work well exactly and it (laughs) it can look like nothing and I think as well when you get people you know
2: Criticising the people that finished near the bottom at a world championships or an Olympics, and you go, Well, do do you know how much it took to
0: even be there? That's so narrow minded. I was going to ask you whether I always find this one fascinating with athletes whether you're about performances or titles, whether you'd want to end your career with a British record or an Olympic gold. But I think you might have just answered that one for me. Yeah, definitely titles. That medal around your neck, that's what keeps you going. Absolutely. It's all it's it's nice
2: to, to you know, go further than anybody before, but that will get broken. Mm. Someone else will go further.
0: But you'll always be an Olympic champion. Exactly. Just as now you'll always be an Olympian. Was yes, Rio really is... the best experience <laughs> of your life?
2: Oh, absolutely. It's that's what you dream of, is that you you know, as having the vest on with the Olympic rings on it and walking out and knowing that you're now an Olympian that's something I've dreamed of since a tiny kid and, and I was very aware of it at the time thinking you're really living out your childhood dream here and not that many people get to do that no matter what it is um so i sort of never forget it I'll never it's it's incredible I say I'll never forget it that's always silly when people say that isn't it of course I won't forget it it'd be a bit weird <laughs> if I did forget it <laughs> but you know I want to take that one step further really the dream was to win so I haven't quite got there yet
0: no but it's a work in progress and you're still so young you have achieved I forget that sometimes and I'm sure you do you've achieved an awful lot in a short few years on the senior scene talking to Jess Charles and Bobby Clay recently has really compounded for me just how difficult transitioning is do you think that you've successfully transitioned from junior to senior level or is that still ongoing
2: It's definitely still ongoing. I think my first year made me believe it was going to be easy. (laughs) Okay. Because it was such a good year, you know. 2016, it was my first year, not out of juniors, but out of age groups. Mm. Um, And I got a silver at the European champs and I (laughs) finished eighth at the... I won both British titles, indoors and outdoors. Um, Brilliant. And I finished eighth at the Olympics. And I thought, great, cool, that was easy. (laughs) (laughs) We've done the transition. And then last year was a bit of a different story. So, no, I think it's ongoing. um, And you can't ever get complacent because as much as, okay, I had a good year, the women I'm competing with have so much more experience on how to have not just one good season, but several good seasons, how to have a good career. And I haven't learned that yet. You know, and I kind of expected this year to look the same as last year, just because the year before was good and it doesn't work like that. Um, You have to understand the, the circuit, you have to understand your body a lot more um before you're able to be that consistent. And I think consistency is such a big thing I'm gonna look to to conquer um over the next couple of years
0: because that's what's gonna keep me in the game. For Jess, the hardest thing about transitioning was the pressures that other people put upon her to repeat that junior success. And for Bobby, it was managing her workload and she found it really difficult to be responsible with her own body what do you think is the greatest pitfall for a young athlete hoping to make it as an international star on the senior stage
2: I I don't think it was other people's pressure like for Jess but for me it was my own expectation that well you've been winning medals through your whole age group career um so when you go to a championship you're supposed to win medals Mm. so I found it really difficult to go anywhere and not be in the top three even though that's completely what's expected Mm -hmm. um You know, now I'm able to look back at European indoors this year and go, that was a good result. But at the time I was devastated because I didn't have a medal around my neck. And I think actually, you know, I was 22. It was my first European indoor champs. To finish inside the top eight is good. It's It's not great, great. but it's it's good. Um, And I'm on the way to being where I want to be, but I cannot expect myself. Well, I still will expect myself to be in the top three because I think that is sort of the making of a champion is that you always always there to win Mm. Um, but i need to learn to take positives from things that aren't medals i need to learn to celebrate progress
0: um and not just the big successes so you were out of age groups for rio but it was a few years before that that you made your first senior podium at the commonwealth how on earth does a 20 year old handle that sort of excitement and that sort of accolade. <laughs> it was insane. Like <laughs> that. It was crazy. Um I in a way, I mean
2: I'm hesitant to say I got lucky because everybody was there on the same day, but um it was chucking it down with rain and a lot of people just couldn't cope with that and luckily I could that day. You know, the distances were nothing to shout about. They weren't exciting. Um but it was a medal and it was so unexpected. And Everyone was so excited, but I couldn't believe it. And it was suddenly this, okay, well, you're capable of doing this on the senior stage as well. Then maybe we're going to see more of this. But I think it it wasn't so much pressure from other people. It was very much like it consolidated belief in myself saying, okay, well, look, you've, you've turned up here. It's your first major chance as a senior and you've won, you've won a medal. You can do this. And how was the crowd? Oh, unbelievable. It felt like a home. I mean, it was as good as the home games. By the time we got to the final, the other Scottish long jumpers um, hadn't made it through. And so the crowd got completely behind Lorraine and I.
0: Why is it that the Brits are the best? And I know I'm biased, but I really do believe this. Why are Brits the best hosts of major athletics championships? I I don't know, but we really are. We're absolutely (laughs) brilliant.
2: I think people are that little bit more knowledgeable. So people actually know who's who and what's what and what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think... Because there are so many sports where it really is one team against the other, in athletics, there's so many people to root for that kind of, you, you know, you're not booing for anyone, you're not... It, it's so supportive, and I think that the Brits like that and like to get behind uh, behind the athletes.
1: seven-day think she got enlightened in the space of a week she smokes half a pack a day but all her bread is gluten free and and she is a vegan but she still eats meat she likes a lipstick nude and a browse hd post pics in that her parents released Tattoo, three birds on the sides of her feet but i hope she makes you happy so that's fine Bye. this is a
0: complete jump in questions but i've got all these ideas scribbled down my eyes just fallen upon this one and i want to ask you whilst i believe that Brits are the best hosts of major championships. I even more firmly believe that you have the most expressive face in British athletics. <laughs> Where do you stand on that statement? I think that's probably fair. Probably very fair. I've had a look at some
2: of the pictures of me from London and I don't remember... T- I look oh, very angry,
0: <laughs> screaming. I mean, I'm not an angry person, but... um it comes out when I'm competing. <laughs> I just think that if we were to take a random selection of stills from footage of you jumping, at, at any moment, you could be sultry, you could be absolutely beaming, or you could be scowling with this um, this fire behind bizarre, your eyes. Are you aware that you're pulling all these faces?
2: Absolutely not. No, 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 no. <laughs> I look back at photos and I go, what are you doing? Especially
0: the mid-flight ones. Mm. Um, they're always interesting. <laughs> And we've talked about a responsibility on social media to be honest and show your personality. And I think having a face that is so expressive and so open is a really major part of it. I've got the numbers here. You've got 14,000 Twitter followers, 24,400 on Instagram. Do you find that having social media for yourself rather than just for your followers is quite helpful? Like, it's nice. It's a bit of a hobby. It's something you can really express yourself on. Yeah, it is
2: that's the best way to put it it's a hobby um you know and I actually invest quite a lot of time into it because I find it fun and it's not just fun but I do feel like sometimes other people get something out of it so if I can have fun and you know be chatting to other young athletes and you know I sometimes get messages saying this post helped me I think well you know why would I not the only time I'm going to stop is if it becomes detrimental to me and any time that I need to take a break I do um so it's I, I find it really useful and as well, it's, you know, it's a little diary for me. I can look back and go, okay, well, where was I this time last year? What was I doing in training? Mm. What was I thinking? Because yep. it all goes out there in the
0: captions. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. I can't imagine it's more relaxing, though, than your music, which is clearly a huge part of your life.
2: Oh, it is. Um, and that's still very, very much going. I finally settled into a routine with it in uh, in Florida, too. So it's such a nice thing to have away from sport that is so separate. Um but I will, again, put up on my social media because it's, it's a part of who I am. It's a part of my life. Yeah, a major part. Has it always been something you're interested in? Sort of. So I, when I was much younger, I did musical theatre. Um, every summer we'd go to, my brother and I would go to a sort of summer school where you'd practice a musical. And then three weeks into the school term, you'd practice after school and then you'd put it on um, in the theatre. And I loved that. You know, I did panto as well absolutely loved musical theatre so I've been involved in music in that sense um, but only started playing guitar and writing music in 2013.
0: Oh wow really recent then?
2: Yeah I did it sort of I was bored um, after the uni had finished and all I was doing was training so I I took up
0: guitar. I suppose there are a lot of parallels between music and sport it's about practice and diligence and improving yourself and then execution and performing and there are nerves involved in both of those things. What's scarier your first jump in a major competition or the moment when you had to start singing on the voice
2: the voice was scarier no doubt I mean jumping
0: I feel so comfortable there that's my realm I
2: it's exciting to get I'm just desperate to get out and jump you know the nerves are sort of very very different um whereas in music I feel like I'm being judged you know this is my voice do you like it or not long jump isn't about whether they like it it's about how far I go it's all objective and so you think the subjectivity of music Yeah, definitely because I could I could especially with things you've written yourself you can put it out there and you think you know I've worked really hard on this this came out of my brain this didn't exist until I made it exist Mm -hmm. um and everybody could hate it (laughs) that's
0: such an interesting way of looking at it and I suppose again if people are criticizing your performance you've done the best that you can and it's resulted in a number but you're right if someone doesn't like something that you're singing it's it's very personal so personal and usually if people are criticising my jumps, I'm criticising them too. Yes, of course, but you could actually be quite happy with a performance that you did vocally. Someone just doesn't like it, it's just not to their taste. As a rule though, I would say response has been unanimously positive. Oh, super positive,
2: which is why I like putting stuff out because I do get such nice responses and people, you know, seem to like seeing that side of things because it's a bit different.
0: I got bought a ukulele for Christmas by my sister a few <gasps> years ago. Amazing. And she says now that it's the gift that she's the only gift in her life that she's really regretted giving someone (laughs) because in our family home our bedrooms are next to one another Ah. and I'm not particularly good but I'm very enthusiastic I mean that's what counts I mean jokes on her I loved your adaptation of Sheeran's oh thank you that was so much fun to do lots of fun it took me it's really silly but I think it just sounded so smooth and polished that I didn't realise you'd rewritten the (laughs) lyric first listen and then i think i remember revisiting it a while later and going oh these are really clever these are really funny <laughs> Thanks. um and i thought i was i think i planned to make some kind of joke today being like um so i've got birds tattooed on my feet what do you say yeah. oh god <laughs>
2: i went into the girls group chat and said look girls what are some really basic things for girl- that girls do um that, and i got so many responses and so many of them are in there I went to an originals only open mic night of the other day and sort of sang two of my songs and was chatting to somebody about songwriting and they, mm. they said you know so, so what which kind of process do you use and I'm like I don't I don't know I just write <laughs> and then if it sounds like I want it to sound I'll keep it if it doesn't I'll change it <laughs> so I really admire people that understand music because I don't I just kind of go for it and hope for the best.
0: That must be lovely, though, because your training is so structured. It's—I imagine you—you train in blocks. You've got a routine. You've got a timetable. Everything is done to the millimeter. And then songwriting—you can just sit down with your guitar and see what comes out of it. Yeah. Yes. You know, I've never thought of it like that, but it probably is such a big part of it that I do get to be completely free on that front. And of course, as you know, if you are at a loose end when you're songwriting anytime soon, you can write the Backstraight Boys and Girl Podcaster jingle, and we'll happily <laughs> use it. <laughs> know about
1: your (laughs) girl, we'll get there
0: It is Christmas and you've apparently got some lovely little family members visiting you. So I'm only going to keep you for five more minutes. And I was hoping to spend those five minutes talking about the immediate future, which is because we are on the cusp of the new year, what 2018 holds for you. You're heading to the Gold Coast, but what else is on your radar?
2: Well, I'd love to be in Birmingham for the World Indoor Champs. The, um, the standard's actually further than my PB, so I'll have to step it up. But I really want to be there. Um, wow, what's the standard? 76. No. Yeah. Gosh that's a really long way. It is that's what I'm saying they don't they don't seem to want field eventers they've uh, and obviously it's a straight final
0: this year same as it was wow. in Portland so it's going to be tough but I want to do it. What have you got in the lead up then to try and get that qualifying standard? Well they'll...
2: I am not 100% sure because last year wasn't great I haven't been confirmed into many things I'm waiting to see if there's space for me. Okay. In meets but I think once I get hopefully a good one out I'll start getting picked up and invited to things um i'm sure you will but yeah no, i've been struggling to get into too much at the moment but we're working on it
0: good very pleased so you've got hopefully the indoors then you've got gold coast yes. are you thinking of going back and trying to go one better at europeans yeah absolutely
2: that's the goal it's kind of i've set myself a bit of a high bar there really haven't i especially when, well, you,
0: when you look you at... have but you're going to be a lot faster this summer exactly so if faster. everything comes together why on earth not well that'd be ideal so in an ideal world, you'd have the triple medal by the end of the year. That's, that's, yeah, that's the dream, isn't it? I mean, yeah. world indoors,
2: I don't have to do much to improve my performance last time. But of course, I would be going looking for a medal. Mm-hmm. Um, Commonwealth, it was silver last time. So I, I, I've got to be aiming for gold. And the same with Europeans. So yeah, I've got a <laughs> big ask. But really, I'm looking to improve because last year was, was bad. I really just I want to jump a PB. I want to see progress. I want to be improving.
0: And exactly as you said earlier, champions want to win. Yeah.
2: So there's no way I'm not going to get away from that. As, as, I can say as much as I like that all I want is to just do my best and do better than last time. it's that's not
0: all I want. I do want that, but I want to win. I think that's hugely important. I've now spoken to two long jumpers for this pod, um, both pretty accomplished, and I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone with such superhuman focus as Tiana Bartlett. And she's just like you. She's incredibly open about what she wants to achieve. Oh yeah, her blog posts are amazing,
2: reading sort of, she's so
0: direct and, you know, there's so much uh, someone like me can learn from her. She just acknowledges that she's supremely driven and she knows what she wants and she knows how she's going to get there and I can't think of many people in the world who are more likely to go on and do that and I think that's really important and clearly something that the two of you share. I think,
2: especially if you really do feel like that, there's no point kind of hiding it and trying to be coy about it. I understand not turning up at a comp and say, I'm going to win this because then you look like an idiot if you don't, but... (laughs) In yourself, you, you always know that's what you want. I've never turned up to a competition going, yeah, I'd be happy with six. No. Never.
0: That's Which... not what you do those pull-ups for. You do pull-ups <laughs> to top the podium. <laughs> for gold. Exactly. Well, Jazz, I wish you all the best in 2018. I hope first you have a couple of lovely days with your family and then I imagine you're back to the States, back to sprinting. Yes, that'll back be Back to the grind. Then, uh, a few more weeks and back over for the indoors. I'll make some kind of banner with a I don't know maybe a, an all in one on it <laughs> or some pin badges or something and yeah I'll be there cheering you on but Jazz, thank you so much I really yeah, appreciate you coming for on the pod me. great to chat to you and good luck next year
2: thank you so much so nice to chat